broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Midtown Business Radio. What's up, everyone? It is C.W. Hall, your host here on the Midtown Business Radio Show. Thanks for making us a part of your day today. Two or three weeks ago, I was cruising through the people you might know on LinkedIn and came across Stacy Sagas and saw her company that is one that is uh, working with businesses that they serve to help them improve their profitability. And of course, Midtown Business and the Business Radio X Network is all about providing access to a wide array of solutions that entrepreneurs and other businesses around the community are providing to help them do just that, try to be more profitable, whether it's more top-line revenue or being able to work smarter and drop more of that revenue that they do earn straight to the bottom line and becoming more profitable while doing the same volume of work. So I really appreciate you taking some time to uh, jump in the studio with us, Stacy, and introduce folks to what you guys are doing then. Great. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's exciting to talk to you and talk to you about all the businesses that we're helping uh, become more profitable and develop their business. Talk about how you got into what you're doing now where you're coaching businesses around just their processes, but then also profitability. You mentioned the fact that you had a background in professional employer organizations in the staffing kind of world a little bit. Talk about your evolution to where you are now. Well, originally, um, when I moved to Atlanta about 20 years ago, I was actually in the telecom industry and I worked with large employers, you know, the Deltas and the UPS and FedEx. And so really on the national account line, and I was looking to make a change. So I started talking to um, a professional employer organization and was very intrigued on how they help small and medium-sized businesses grow. A few years ago, I was somewhat burnt out on the the level of travel that I was experiencing within that industry, probably four or five days a week. So I said, you know what, I think I can go out and do this on my own and and start helping uh, businesses grow in other areas besides their, their people strategy and started talking to employers uh, locally, small business owners locally about how do I increase my profits? How do I take a better look at my sales and marketing strategy, my operations strategy, my financial strategy, um, and as well as the people strategy? So right now we cover all four of those areas for our clients. We'll talk about that a little bit. So now you, you decided to take what you'd learned in the past with your work in, you know, around benefits and employee strategy now you're able to consult with companies. Is there a particular demographic of business that you're looking to partner with? Well, most recently, we partnered with a a client that years ago we placed with a PEO. After working with them for a number of years, we started to understand their business in a little bit more detail and their ability to help large employers, uh, cities, states, municipalities. um, It is astounding what they can do for them. Um, And we have recently really taken a a focus on helping them in their business development areas. It sort of fits into what we're talking about when we mention PEOs or professional employer organizations. Mm -hmm. If if the business owner who's listening isn't familiar with a PEO, I mean, they're they're a company that comes in and particularly with hourly employees, but it can be, I guess, it can be salary. Yeah. And you are able to take your small to mid-sized business and have those employees be part of a very large, because those pools, those employees become the employee of the PEO, even Mm -hmm. though you're co-managing them, they're reducing the risk, taking on workman's comp issues and reducing that type of risk. And because they have such a large pool of employees, they get access to very, very good rates 
And so that's where they make their money. They, they help right. you save money on your benefits. Well, they help you save money on your benefits. They help you uh, manage a worker's comp risk. Um, and like you said, they're, you're going in, in some instances, in some PEOs, you're going into large pooled groups. In other, in other PEOs, they're shopping the market to help you find better ones, similar to what a broker would do. But they're also helping you develop your people. How, how do you um, get that discretionary effort out of your employees? So it just, it, it helps the business overall when you have an employee that isn't punching the clock. You have an employee that's really invested yeah. in the business as a whole. And then when you look at this relationship you're describing here with this client, as you got to know more about them, it turns out that the solution that they provide for the business community, particularly, as you were saying, the self-insured community. Mm-hmm. Well, your, your large employers, your municipalities, your cities and state governments, and in some cases, federal governments, when they are self-funded, um, they have a lot of, of financial responsibility for paying the claims for their employees. They're also working very hard to maintain good benefits for their employees while controlling their premiums, the employees' premiums and the claims that the employer are paying. So we have the ability through a client of ours to look at a self-funded plan that offers extended benefits to their retirees. We can take a snapshot, a census snapshot of all of the employees and their dependents and understand, do they have employees on the plan that are technically pre-65 disabled employees? And we have the ability to um, work with the Center for Medicare and Medicaid and get those employees on Social Security disability income, as well as get the Medicare primary and the employer's plan secondary. So that's not only a benefit to the employer, but it's also a benefit to the employee. So the employee gets lower out-of-pocket cost. The employer decreases um, their claims that they're paying out for that employee by sometimes hundreds of millions of dollars and through a look-back period of 12 months, we can actually recover 12 months' worth of paid claims from the Center of Medicare. And what we're talking about here is basically this solution is helping these businesses transition those employees over to the CMS program Mm -hmm. as is intended. Correct. It just hasn't happened yet. And so, therefore, these employees are, the, uh, the businesses unwittingly continuing to pay claims, thinking that's what they should be doing when, in fact, this employee needs to be transitioned over into this other pool, which would help basically everybody in the mix. Right. It would help everybody. It would help control the premiums that the employees are having to pay. It's going to help decrease um, the annual increases that the plan overall has to take. And it'll also decrease the employers having to change the plan every year or go to a higher premium or go to a higher deductible. So it, it helps everybody as a whole. Well, if you are one of those businesses that is to the point where you are financially well-positioned enough to be self-insured for your employee health benefits, you're going to want to pay attention to our conversation. I'm sitting down with Stacy Sagas of a Profit Enhancement Group recently met her and started talking about what they were working on to help improve the profitability of enterprises. As Stacy's talking about, particularly with this group of, of businesses, when they have that self-insured status, it is possible, Stacy, you were saying earlier that as many as 20% of my employees for those types of business enterprises or, or, or municipalities, as many as 20% of my employees 
may mistakenly be getting benefits paid through the through my company's benefit plan rather than the CMS disability. Right. Well, we're talking twenty percent of the retiree population. Retirees. Right. So you obviously you have your post sixty five retirees that are already going to be on Medicare in most cases. Gotcha. But your pre sixty five retirees, that population. Wow. Um, has a higher potential of being disabled. The The average age of a disabled employee or retired employee is 54 years old. Wow. So think about that. If you're 54 years old, you're disabled, you can't work, you no longer have an income, and you may or may not know about Medicare. You still have your employer's benefits. The employer's still paying those claims. So you think about someone from 54 to 65 that employer's paying 11 years worth of claims for that employee. And let's say they're sick and maybe maybe they're only costing you $10,000 a month. Maybe they're costing you $200,000 a year. You know, whatever that amount is, Medicare should be paying that. And the, the employer's plan should be secondary. So over, if you have, you know, a, a pretty significant, Large. If you have a large group, you're going to have a large number of retirees, and a percentage of those retirees are going to be pre-65 and disabled. So many of those types of enterprises, when they do that sort of self-insured plan, they're typically, as you're saying, some retirement-type benefits or some sort of coverage that goes with me after I leave. Right. And most cities, states, municipalities, yeah. and large employers plans, have those. Yeah. Unions. Unions yeah. are a really big uh, target market for us. Along with the work that you're doing with this solution that helps those uh, Medicare disabled employees transition over to the CMS plan, Mm -hmm. um, there's some other things that you're able to do because you work with a number of solution providers to help your business client be able to improve their benefit plan in some sort of fashion. Right. So we offer some, none of our services are are insurance services. Um, I don't have my broker's license, but we work very closely with brokers and TPAs because we do have some services that are very complimentary and commissionable. Um, for instance, one of them is our alternative to long-term disability. It's called uh, Disability Advocacy Services. About 65% of the population does not have long-term disability. And it could be I'm diabetic or I fell off the ladder at home. It doesn't have to be a workers' comp claim. So 65% of the population doesn't have long-term disability. They can't afford it. Employers aren't paying for it. Our disability advocacy services are very affordable. On average, you know, 6 to $8 a month. And with that service, if an employee goes out on disability or, or if they're injured or, or ill and cannot work, we will actually go and fight for their Social Security disability income as well as getting them onto Medicare. If you're make less than $70,000 a year, more than likely, you don't have a long-term disability policy. Mm-hmm. And so this will go out, get you Social Security disability income, and get you on Medicare. So you're now at home, sick, but you now have an income, and you now have medical benefits. Um, we also work with a, a telemedicine service that we bundle with some of our services. And it all depends on, you know, does your broker currently offer that? You know, we can bundle it in or remove it. So it's a, it's a very flexible platform. When it comes to getting involved with a client in, in the particular solutions that you're going to offer, talk about the process. You must really get in and 
and get to know much about what they're doing and have a lot of questions about what their benefits package looks like. How are their, how those, you know, long-term plans are looking, all of that to really get into detail to then be able to make, I guess, some recommendations based on what you're saying that may through this solution and that solution or two or three of them put together might really make a significant impact on the bottom line for sure. Oh, absolutely. And you know, it all depends on, are we talking to a member association? Are we talking to an employer or are we talking to a broker? Um, If we're talking to a member association, we try to offer services and bundle services together that the entire membership can take advantage of. For example, we're working with the National Roofers Association. So we're putting bundles together that not only benefit their large membership clients, but their small ones as well with 1099 employees even. Mm-hmm. Since these services aren't insurance services, they're they're not regulated by other voluntary or, or like other voluntary uh, benefits are. So you can use these for... Uh, 1099 employees. You can use these for seasonal or part-time employees. We're working with a pretty large client right now that they want to retain their seasonal employees, but they can't offer medical benefits. So we said, well, let's let's bundle a package together that will benefit them. Let's put a teledoc together. Let's put a um, disability advocacy service together. Let's put a few services together that aren't benefits, but will entice the employees to remain loyal to you. When you get in and you're sitting down with a business and you're talking about enhancing profitability, are there some areas that you've seen through your experience where those small to mid-sized business owners are, where are they typically going awry that it's costing them revenues that aren't hitting the bottom line that maybe could be? Well, what we do is we use a a four-prong assessment to understand an organization's business. We talk to them about their um, financial structure. We talked about talked to them about their operations. Uh, we talked to them about sales and marketing, and we talked to them about their people strategy. And the assessment will go through all four of those. Quite often, if it's if it's manufacturing or a development organization, they're going to have some operational problems. They're not going to be working as efficiently and as effectively as they they should be or they could be. Other times, if it's a startup business. Their problems could be, we don't have enough money to go to market, or how do I find financial help? How do I build a budget? You know, it could be as rudimentary as we don't have a budget and we don't know how to build one. Every company is unique, but the fundamentals of those organizations are going to be very similar and their issues are going to be very similar. They need to drive sales to drive profitability. But if you're already starting out in in an not understanding your financial picture, you need to start there. It sounds like the relationship is one that tends to be ongoing. If if periodic, perhaps you might be touching base on a on an occasional basis. But it sounds like you work with a client over time rather than just coming in for a couple of days and you're on down the road. Sure. Um, sometimes we meet with our clients weekly. Sometimes we meet with them several times a week in, in the beginning to write that business plan and come up with a mission, vision, and values of the organization. So it really depends on the life cycle of the company. It can vary greatly. Um, If you have a company that has been family-owned for 35 years and hasn't made any changes in their business model in those 35 years, you know, that's going to take a lot of work to, to change and evolve if they haven't already, you know, done so over the lifespan of their business. And do you have any examples of some of the success stories that that 
that you could share maybe one or two just to give people an idea of some of the impact of some of these things that we've been talking about? You mentioned one or two along the way before we went on the air that really sounds like some of the things that you're you're talking about putting together with a business can really make a significant impact on their situation. The company that that we do the Medicare assistance with and that um, we do the disability advocacy advocacy service, they've been in business for 35 years. They have clients like Boeing and um, Verizon and the New York Transit Authority. So their their business has grown over the years, but it's stalled out. And and their clients have been with them for 20 and 30 years, and they're they're saving them money and recovering them money annually, sometimes quarterly. However they stalled and they they weren't quite sure how do we get to the next step and they what they weren't looking at is the bigger picture is that their model is scalable they don't just have to go out go after the boeings of the world they can go after much smaller mid-size to large employers and they weren't marketing to those employers so we're helping them with that and that's we've taken them from a very small pipeline to having thousands in their pipeline now and that's that's going to be huge for them. That's going to grow their business significantly. And that was really where their issues lied was in business development. For other clients that are startups, it could be we have one small startup. They have a phenomenal off service offering. Um, however, they weren't bringing on any new clients because they were working so much in the business. Mm-hmm. They weren't working on the business. I hear that a lot in the small business startup space because the person that running the show is also doing the sales and all of that. So all these functions that they have to do, take them away from actually being able to make those relationships to make the business grow. Right. We see it almost daily, especially in the smaller businesses. And sometimes those smaller businesses, you know, they've got the weight of the business on their shoulders and they're scared to take the next step. They want it, but they don't know how to take it. Um, And we help them understand that, you know, you, we're a partner for you. We're not just we're not just a consultant. We're here for you. We're here to take you to the next level. Um, you're saying that you want to go to that next level, so let's try to plan to get you there. When you talk about the 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 Medicare transition solution that you were, you were mentioning earlier, that helps me move those employees that are on my self insured benefits plan over to the CMS disability plan mm-hmm. for my pre retirement age employees. What's the process for them to get involved with that? How do they how do they go through and determine whether or not the solution is something that would be of use for them? So all our work on the Medicare maximization piece is done on contingency. All we need from them in the the first round of data is a basic census of their employees and anyone on their benefits plan. Once we get that census, we can, through our algorithms that we've written, we can scrub that data and communicate with the Center for Medicare and Medicaid and understand we can we come back to the employer and say, okay, we found 300 pre-65 employees that should technically be on Medicare and should have Social Security disability income. The next step is, Mr. Employer, would you like to move forward with us getting those employees moved off your plan onto Medicare and onto Social Security disability income? If so, great. The next step would be, we're going to need all of your claims data, and we're going to scrub your claims data, and we're going to go back to the Center for Medicare, and we're going to recover for those 300 employees the last 12 months of claims. On average, you're talking 10, 15, 20 million dollars. 
<laughs> it's just hard to comprehend that that much money is laying on the table for these businesses and and municipalities, as you're talking about, mm-hmm. and, and state agencies as well. It's incredible that money can go back into the plan. It's so much better for your employees. I mean, it's it's a win-win for both sides. And then it doesn't stop there. The next, The third phase is development. And development is when we either scrub that claims data quarterly or annually, and we continue to move pre-65 retired employees. So it's proactive. It's, it's not just proactive, a yeah. right? And, it, and it's ongoing, and and it doesn't cost them anything unless we actually prove that the work has been done. So we don't we don't charge any fees until that employee's been moved to Social Security disability income, and they're on Medicare. So not only do they get all that money back in their plan, but they're saving hundreds of millions of dollars going forward. It's it's an incredible win-win. Yeah, that's uh, it's one of those that it's it's hard to believe that more people aren't aware of it, but it's just one of those things that that someone came up with a great solution and now we're able to put that information out there. So all they have to do is get with you, go go through the process of. Uh, letting you evaluate their their employee census. Now, I'm curious is is when you talk about the employee census, I, I assume with the enterprises that you're dealing with, they probably have some sort of like a computer generated census that they're able to provide you that somebody doesn't have to sit down by hand and put that stuff down. <laughs> now, usually, um, if they don't have that data in house, their third party administrator or their broker can provide them with that data. A lot of large employers want to see that data on a regular basis anyway. So mo- most companies have pretty easy access to get that information. We'll talk about where folks need to go to get more information about your profit enhancement group and the work that you do with uh, companies through through their benefits and other other solutions. Sure, they can go to our website at www.pegpegbenefits.com or they can reach myself at Stacy S T A C E Y at pegbenefits.com or my business partner, Philip at philip, P-H-I-L-I-P at pegbenefits.com. Got final thoughts before I get you back to the office? No, we really appreciate your time today and and, uh, look forward to growing this market for our clients and to working with any small to mid-sized businesses that want to grow and get better and get more profitable. I mean, imagine the impact on an enterprise when you're talking about recovering several million dollars and then also saving potentially several several million dollars going out the door. Dramatic. Exciting Same space. Same volume of work as yesterday. We just have a few <laughs> million dollars more today. Pretty cool solution. So I'm really pleased to have you here in the studio. If you're uh, coming back for the podcast and, and you've not done so already, if you look in the upper left-hand corner of the show page, you'll see the Apple logo there. It'll take you over to the iTunes store where the Midtown Business Radio Show podcast lives, and you can subscribe to us. That way, each week when the podcast comes out, it's downloaded straight to your device, ready for you to check it out when it's convenient for you. And we hope you turn around and share this information with your social media contacts. You might just be putting some information in their hands that really makes a difference in their lives or their business. So we'll say thanks in advance to all the folks that help us out in that way. Stacy, thanks for taking some time to uh, sit in and talk about what you're doing. It's really cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, we really are pleased to have everybody with us today. We look forward to catching up with y'all same time, same place next week. We'll see you then.